Hello, heroes! Welcome to the show. I am definitely going to need to upgrade my Hello Heroes thing. I'm not really sure what to do, but I think that thing is getting old. But yeah, anyways, um, we have a hell of a good show for you today. Uh, so much so that I would say it is tasty. I, I open my mouth and I do this, mm, and it tastes like a great show. Um, a little later on, we're going to be joined with uh, uh, by with Maya from Hawaii. I like to call her Hawaiian Maya. Uh, she's uh, at critical underscore memes on Instagram and um, at critical role memes on Twitter. She is a, uh, a creator and a spreader of uh, uh, critical role memes. And uh, she joins us to talk all things critical role. We're going to talk about the money nine, all the different characters who we love, um, all of our theories about what's going on with the show. Um, just pretty much a, a critical role appreciation segment. Um, but before that, I am joined a, a live via Skype by my best friend, the uh, a nicest dude I know. Um, he is also a fellow Heroes of uh, a contributor, and he is actually currently in charge of the Instagram account and doing a fine job posting some of our awesome wares. Um, Mike, welcome to the show, dude. Thanks for having me. It's a long time coming. We've been trying to hook this up for a little while. Yeah, I know. We've got a little bit of pressure on us because the topic we have is probably going to be pretty on current stuff right now, right? Yeah, it's going to be, uh, it's coming up in like two weeks, right? Yep. If the listener doesn't know already, which you don't because we haven't really given any clues as to what we're talking about, we are going to be talking about Spider-Man Far From Home and technically really we're going to be talking about a lot of just random Spider-Man stuff from the comics, right? Yeah, we can cover pretty well a lot of it. I mean, there's going to be some stuff. I mean, people are going to have their theories about this uh, movie and maybe we'll give some background info to help you develop your own theories. Yeah, it's... um, I. I wanted to have a talk with you about it because you're legit like the person who, you know, you, is there really a, a Spider-Man comic book you don't own? Uh, probably there is a bunch I don't own. I mean, I obviously don't own number one. Okay. But, uh, I've got I, a pretty I, I, good run. Other than the, the, the ones like that, you know? Yeah, like I've, I'm probably sitting around thousand issues right now, at minimum. Crazy, I mean, that's crossing the major titles from, I mean, I started reading probably around... 84 seriously i mean i was a kid my early issues are trashed because i carried around me them with me in my back pocket and wore them out basically but yeah i still have them so we didn't know dude we didn't know back then no i mean i've got a copy of amazing spider-man 300 which is banged up and tore up yeah you probably still kept it though oh i still have definitely yeah you uh you would uh when you were a kid you would pick up your comic books at uh forgotten realms right uh, Fantasy Realm, mostly in Cornwall. Oh. Um, <laughs> See what I did there? Yeah. <laughs> you're, a little, you're a little stuck on the D&D stuff there, right? I guess so, yeah. We just spent a whole, uh, uh, for the uh, for some background on that uh, little slip-up, we just spent literally, like, what, like 28 hours at your, uh, Mike's house role-playing uh, Dragon Heist Waterdeep, so Forgotten Realms is just burning into my brain right now. Yeah, it was a great time. Yeah, so yeah, you you, uh, you would buy your comic books at Fantasy Realm, which is um, a local shop in our hometown of Cornwall owned by Randy, right? Yeah, I, uh, I've actually was reading it even before I moved. Like, I remember, I actually remember the first issue I bought at Randy's store. I mean, I moved to Cornwall when I was in grade four. Right. And um, the first issue I picked up there was Web of Spider-Man number 21. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. I picked, up, 
some stuff before that at other stores, but I mean, always been a big Spider-Man fan since I remember coming home from school and watching the 66 cartoon every yeah. lunch hour. We're going to have to have a, um, maybe at some point in the future, we'll do a, a, a podcast just on fantasy realm and how, um, how important that one little comic book shop was for so many people growing up in that city. Um, most of us wouldn't have had comic books or role-playing games or any of the cool stuff that we, we loved when we were kids, if it wasn't for Randy and his shop. No, exactly. I mean, he's been around, I think, over 30 years, 35 years. I mean, it's, yeah. uh, it's a great story. Yeah, he started the, uh, um, the Cape uh, a convention in Cornwall. It's still going strong, like year five, year six or something. Uh, I think it's four or five now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So yeah, maybe we'll do uh maybe we'll come back to, uh, to Randy. Maybe we can even uh, get out to his shop and maybe interview him and stuff and just talk about his, uh, his influence anyways. Um, so we're here to talk Spider-Man and far from home. Um, so we've had two, two main trailers so far, right? Yeah. Two main online ones. Then they have the 32nd snippets that have been out there as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they just re- released one where he's like in the Iron Spider suit, and the cops are like, "Hey, are you the new uh, the new Iron Man?" And then he's like, "Well, I'm too busy doing your job, or something like that." Yeah, that's great. That's the new that's the new little spot. But the uh, the first trailer was later. Let's break it down real quick. The first trailer was um, trip to Europe, new suits, a little bit of Nick Fury, um, and Hap hits on Aunt May, and then they show Mysterio at the undoing, kind of like this gigantic set piece. Uh, green smoke thing. Yeah. And then yeah, trailer that's... number two is uh, Iron Man Dead. So this is clearly uh, trailer one was released before uh, Endgame. And then trailer two was released after Endgame. So trailer one had this like, maybe this exists before Infinity War, before Peter dies. Um, oh yeah. Um, <laughs> heads up. Uh, spoilers. <laughs> um, I, I, we should don't even have to say that, right? Like, no. Oh. I mean, if you're not caught up by this point, yeah. I mean, if you're you're, you're, you're in, living under a rock somewhere, yeah. And if you if you are, then just you it'll say clearly on the episode title. It's gonna say like uh, <laughs> they talk Spider Man. Like you're gonna know coming into this that you know it's gonna be ruined for you. Um, but yeah, so clearly uh, trailer one is pre uh, Endgame, and then trailer two is post Endgame. And uh, trailer two is uh, Iron Man dead, uh, Nick Fury and Agent Colby Smulders. <laughs> I, I only say that because I never remember her name. What's her name? Jeez, uh, uh, I'm blanking on it now. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, it's, uh, Agent Robin from How I Met Your Mother. That's what exactly. It is. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, it's and, uh, Miranda, Miranda Hill, Maria, Maria Hill. It's Hill, oh, definitely Agent is. Hill. Yes, yes, good, good call, dude. I didn't take you very long. Your fingers yeah, pretty quickly there, didn't it? It just it just got to fire a little bit fast longer now that I'm getting older. <laughs> um, yeah, so it goes. So let's let's pound this out quickly here. Um, Iron Man dead. Uh, Nick Fury and Agent uh, uh, Hill. Uh, Mysterio is from another universe. What multiverse? What? Well, multiverse. Holy shit, multiverse. There's multiple of them. And then uh, and at the end, it's a a quick um, um, a Zendaya knows. So MJ, I like to call her MJ. Because like Zendaya, MJA, I don't know. Right. I like it. So MJA knows uh, um, his secret. So um, yeah. So there's two vastly different trailers here. Yeah, it definitely takes a two. Well, as soon as you see the uh, Infinity War or the end of it, uh, Endgame, you kind of know that you can tell the difference between one before and one after. That's for sure. Right. So 
Um, so yeah, so we have we have quite a bit to talk about. Um, I think the reason why we kind of wanted to talk about we we kind of discussed this uh, off off air um, like last weekend or whatever. Um, the reason why we want to talk about Far From Home specifically is because this is the the next story in the MCU, and this what they do here with the, the they're going to be doing some like groundwork here with this one right with the the whole multiverse and the uh, Agents of Shield involved. Um, this is going to really set up the next phase i don't want to use phase because they use that the next chapter yeah. in the mcu but again this this one they have said that i don't know a lot of people know this that technically this one is the end of that last phase it wasn't uh end it's it's spider-man oh so maybe we're gonna get like a a movie that tries to wrap everything up a little nicer maybe a little bit um it happened the same thing after the last phase as well there's one more movie after it that was technically the end of the phase when you wouldn't oh, really think that the the big ant-man avengers ones i can't remember it might have been yeah you think you're right i think you're right it's uh, i don't know if, if thematically it matters if it's the last one in a phase or not but um i guess they'll still be in this movie peter's going to still be grieving um tony's death so it kind of makes sense that this is the, the end of that phase right exactly start it kind of the you're still wrapping up a few loose threads and with character development, I guess. Yeah. So yeah, got it. There's so much to talk about there. Okay, let's 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 break it down a little a little uh, slower here. Let's let's first talk about just the Spider-Man brand itself. What do you think about Spider-Man in the MCU and what they've done so far with? I guess he's been in four movies now. Yeah, I I like it. Um, there's a big difference and a big misconception I think that a lot of people have of Spider-Man being a teenager. Um, in the comic books, it literally is a 800 issue run and he is in high school for 31 of those issues. So in terms of like time, I mean, that's, it started in 63 and by middle of 65, he's already out of high school and has never gone back. Right. Right. In the main MCU timeline. I mean, they've done the ultimates, which is what most of these movies are based on. Uh, and he did remain in high school much longer because they de-aged the character. But right. So I'm looking at it as I always see him as a high school kid. And those aren't what I read about in the comics. Like yeah. I don't own, I own, like I said, probably a thousand, 1200 issues of Spider-Man. And I don't own an actual issue of him in high school. Right. Other than the, than the, um, the ultimates and all that stuff where they changed yeah. it. Like you said, no, I didn't read the ultimates for that reason, because at that time I had aged out of the, the high school kind of thing. Right. Right. Hmm. Okay, so so what you're saying is that they we are uh, far from home as kind of our, uh, you know homecoming and far from home have kind of rewound the clock yet again on Spider-Man to make him a high school student. Yeah, and this one they're they're staying in it much longer, right? Because even in the uh, the first Sam Remy one, a third of the way in the movie he's done high school, right? And then right. he's in college and he's swinging around on with his costume. Right. Uh, the Garfield ones they did took a bit longer, where at least it was just one move, then he moved on. But I think with this one, they're keeping him young for a reason to partially because some of the characters themselves are younger for the MCU guys, and it draws in that younger audience, right? Right. It it makes sense too because if you're going to have a you know like a um, a twenty five to thirty year old Peter Parker, he's not going to really you can't really do the tony pseudo father thing for him right and i think that worked really really well it worked great for this like developing the character especially without 
really having his own movie first, right? And doing an origin story this time. They went straight into Civil War and then into um, the first Homecoming movie. And he was already established, right? You didn't need to go through a bunch of of stuff, but he was established as a high school student, a young man that was put into these just harrowing situations, right? I can appreciate that because I, you know, I don't want to see origin stories anymore. Like we know... Like, we know his origin story. We don't need to hear with great power comes re- great responsibility anymore. Like, we know that. If you don't know that watching a Spider-Man movie, then you shouldn't be watching Spider-Man. Watch, yeah. uh, like, Little Women or something. Like, <laughs> if they're, It's been covered, right? The, I mean, they've done multiple iterations of the cartoon, which the kids are all going to watch at home first. Right. Probably at a younger age, right? So they already know the story. Yeah, we don't need to see we don't need to see that anymore. We don't need to see Batman's parents dying again. Like we just we could get like get past it. We already know the, these these tropes, right? Like we know how Superman got here. We know like all these things they they've been done to death. Now, um the Spider-Man one has been done to death more than some of the other uh, origin stories of the Marvel universe cuz we're only really getting this one really great MCU, you know what I mean? Like we don't we haven't had multiple uh, um, Wolverine origins, which we probably don't need more than that one shitty one. <laughs> no, I mean, that, we'll just accept that that one's there and, you know, and move <laughs> it on. happened. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's the same thing with Fantastic Four. I mean, we've already gotten two of those reboots as well. I mean, we're, we're going to get a third one now, but yeah. I mean, you don't I have like to. Originals. Originals are I, good. The, the yeah. second one wasn't great, but I do don't think? even know if I finished the, uh, the, the second one, to be honest. I bought it. I watched it once that's all really you said about it yeah the cast was great i mean the actors themselves were good i mean you can't not love michael b jordan yeah he's fantastic right? i mean he's a great actor but in that case they, they went too far from i think what was the original intention of fantastic four and their origin story and it didn't work yeah like i've never been one to just randomly you know you know how you hear like actors say like if you know if i walk down the street i you know people are yelling my character name at me all the time like i would literally do that to michael b jordan and i like michael b jordan as an actor but i would have to yell creed to him oh, if, you, God, if yeah. i saw him walking down the, i'd be like creed <laughs> creed i love you buddy like i would just have to like he's just so fantastic yeah definitely those movies are great yeah um, okay, let's get back to my Spidey here for a second. Um, so, this movie's coming out. Um, it's like you say, it's the last of the this the phase of the MCU, um, which is also probably working like a transition. And in the second, um, in the second trailer, they bring up this idea of the multiverse. Yeah, which is great because I mean, you just had the Spider-Man, the animated one, and that brought that in as well. Yeah, do you think do you think that's partly the reason they do, they they're doing that is because of how popular and how successful Into the Spider Verse was? It could be, but I mean, the they'd lead be dumb up. not to try to bring in a live action Spider Gwen. Oh, I know that would be great. I mean, even I, if they, I'd love to see them actually do an animated one with her as well. I mean, yeah. it's such a great character. Yeah, it's such a good they, twist. It's, it's a total what if thing, right? Absolutely. Um, I think that the uh, the makers of Into the Spider-Verse the, uh, are going to definitely make another one. I mean, it was too successful not to make another one. But um, the, the next one's going to be a, a Gwen one heavy, I think, because like I, my daughter is like obsessed with Spider-Gwen. And like I I never understood. I never got it. Like I, I, I kind of understood. I knew why people wanted like female and uh, um, non uh, 
like non-traditional character representation in their in their game in their stories and like I, I understood it but i'm actually living it right now where my daughter is like obsessed with spider-man and <laughs> and it's because of this movie and because of spider-gwen and i get it now and i think that the the difference between some of these past things that the you know like creators have tried to do and what's done in you know, the spider-verse is that they they do it and it makes sense for all the characters involved right right and the the multiverse hooks it up you want a girl spider-man boom got it you want a, a black latino spider-man boom got it like mm-hmm. and and because yeah, there's the it, indian one there's there's all kinds of them right like it's, yeah yeah the, I mean, uh, the multiverse itself i mean you're gonna have basically anything you can think of will be in that multiverse now I know that. So speaking of Mysterio and bringing the multiverse, uh, one of the things I found out this week, like I said, I had never read the ultimate comic books, but the main Mysterio did move over between the multiverses in those stories. So the Spider-Man that Peter Parker had been battling for years in Amazing Spider-Man moved himself over to that Ultimates world where they're basing most of these kind of comics off of... um, movies off of the, that line of comic books now okay which is really interesting so i didn't know that but that's, i mean that's totally in keeping with what the movie looks like it's gonna be about exactly so and then but are we really gonna get a multiverse in right. the movie that, that there, there's another big question right is he right. really or is he because mysterio is such a trickster right. did he maybe pulling the wool over somebody's eyes with this right yeah he could totally be lying yeah, that's the other thing, right? Is is he telling the truth or not? Is there a multiverse? I, I feel like there is a multiverse. I feel like the multiverse thing is a way of being able to explain some of the uh, things that have happened in Endgame with the different timelines and stuff. I feel like it opens it up to this like uh, larger reality of, of, of the universe because right. we've already seen, you know, different timelines and how things can change. And so... Yeah, I mean, it makes sense, too, because, I mean, they did go back in time. Now they know about time travel mm-hmm. and what what effect did it have on them? Because there could be a lot of uh, a lot of stuff. I mean, as long as they don't go with the DC EU kind of thing where DC just went crazy with their multiverse and kept destroying it every like year or two. Right. Because right. they get they got too involved in it. But uh I think this one will cover it pretty well. So are we going to get, are we going to, do you think here's, here's a distinction I think that we should make. Um, Are we going to get a multiverse or is it possible that this multiverse they talk about in the trailer is actually just the Spidey verse because the Spidey verse seems like it's a different thing than a potential multiverse. I understand that it's like the same thing, but um, the Spidey verse that we get in the comic books might be different than what a multiverse would mean for the MCU. It could be. Uh, it could just be part of the the multiverse, right? I mean, one of the big storylines that has been uh, driving Spider-Man for a couple of years is this whole thing of, of the actual Spider-Verse, mm-hmm. where <clears throat> these major villains were going around hunting spiders in different universes because they draw power from them. Yeah. Um, if we are getting something like that, I mean it's called the spider verse because those stories were spider centric, mm-hmm. but I think it's all part of the whole multiverse. So you think that the, 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 they can coincide then? Yeah. Like you'll have a Spider-Man from earth four or earth six, one, six would be the main one, right. but they'd all either, they'd be very similar or they wouldn't be similar, but 
the characters themselves, like outside of Spider-Man, like Fantastic Four, the X-Men, right. all the Avengers could be different in those uh, worlds as well, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm guessing that, I, I mean, this ha- the reason that they're doing this has to be to be able to bring in like Deadpool and X-Men and, uh, you know, like, uh, like you said, Fantastic Four, all this new IP that they just bought from Fox. bringing up a multiverse has to be able to be the reason why, right? Like the universe that we just saw, you know, the, um, the Jean Grey, Sophie Turner, the Hugh Jackman, uh, you know, um, uh, Wolverine and all this, uh, the uh, Ryan Reynolds, Deadpool, all these could have existed in this other, these other universes. And that uh, we are going to finally get introduced to one from a different multiverse. Like Mm. maybe Deadpool comes across the multiverse as well or whatever. And now he's in the MCU, whereas he was prior in another universe or whatever. Yeah, because the MCU hasn't really touched on mutants so much. So in their actual movies themselves, they focused on the characters they've created and not really mentioned much outside of it, right? Yeah, well, they... Uh, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver are in, um, like, well, Quicksilver's in um, Age of Ultron, but um, Scarlet Witch kind of ends up being later on. Um, but they don't really talk about them being mutants at all. No, they, I think they're more like they're powered by those Tesseract items, right? right? So or they're the, in the, this the version, stones. they're not. Yeah, yeah, they're not. They're Those characters are from the X-Men universe, but they're not mutants. No, I think that's the route they went with that for sure. Right. So yeah, that's uh, uh, an interesting. It's an interesting thing that they could do because if they really, you know, um, yet again, spoilers. I think it's a little too late for that. Um, but if you, you know, if you uh, um, end up aging up, um, you know, Chris Evans' character of uh, Captain America, and then you kill off Tony Stark, um, you can't have those. Those actors aren't coming back ever again. Um, that's the reason why. If they would have probably willing to go further, they probably would have kept them. But you know, the the actors don't want to be part of it anymore, and, and I don't blame them. They've spent a big chunk of their lives doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, they they, uh, they, so they they kill off their characters, in essence, kill off their characters, and then you bring up the idea of a multiverse. If you really want, you could bring in a different Iron Man and a different Captain America from these other worlds, right? Oh, for sure. So these these brands could still go on while having a different actor and you could have you know idris elba iron man or you could have uh lady iron man or you could have uh you know whatever uh, little twist you want to put on them right yeah exactly any i mean the multiverse allows for for anything and this is what i kind of what i was getting at before when i was saying you know i never kind of bought all the um the changing of these characters to fit a um a specific uh, community but if you use the multiverse then you know you're not you're not saying that tony stark is um you know like half latino or whatever you can make an iron man who is half latino and because in his multiverse you know like uh you know mr stark had you know like an affair with a, a like a, a latina and so they had like a, a he had a son that was now half latino do you know what i mean like you can right. like the multiverse allows for all this stuff which is great it's still great storytelling and it, it's also inclusive i think exactly like i mean um the end of the spider-verse was pretty much that whole story right i mean you had a mixed race uh latino and african-american and he became spider-man similar to how peter did but he also had that interaction with the original spider-man on that earth right and then the new ones right to train him yeah and he and, and then he also has his own his own thing going on like miles morales is a hell of an interesting character Oh, yeah, it's totally different. I mean, it's uh, in the comics, it's even 
more so that in the ultimate line where they took him over um because in the ultimate lines spoiler here if you ever read the comics the spider-man dies at a very young age young age like they keep him in that high school range for most of the series and then he dies in a large battle and miles kind of picks up that torch and is becoming spider-man to help honor the original Mm spider-man but again it's another young kid right trying to overcome all this stuff yeah they 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 play on that a little bit in the uh the end of the spider-verse the the great the great part of that is that they um they're doing they're doing that and while still having the mentorship you know men uh, like um apprentice thing going on you know you you have this this spider-man die and then miles wanting to like honor his memory and also he's also being trained by a different spider-man mm-hmm exactly super awesome like it's i i never knew i needed so many spider-men in my life (laughs) and that original one you know they just put it they wanted another chris in their universe so they had chris pine do the original voice yeah there you go that's awesome might as well he had to be part of it right exactly otherwise you can't confuse any more chris's so what do you think about uh let's talk about uh, all the different spider-man in our life what do you think about uh, tom holland as spider-man tom holland's really good um Mm -hmm. he's got the kind of the young spider-man thing going on mm-hmm. uh, a little unsure of himself yeah a little mousy but he's got yeah exactly he's still he's still learning but he can still make those quips and that's a big thing with spider-man is you've got to get those jokes kind of laid in there really well right that's one thing i found the way that um toby mcguire his voice didn't carry it right i don't found mm-hmm. i mean his he tried to say the jokes but it, it didn't i don't think it it hit its punch as much as garfield and holland have when they did them yeah i like garfield garfield did a really great job i um i really believed him as spider-man he was those movies were great i'm also a big fan of emma stone so i mean (laughs) go figure (laughs) i i like them too i mean there's a lot of people seem to be hating on them and i know when the video game came out everyone was dying to get the uh remy suit but Mm -hmm. i was like yeah not really not so much (laughs) Uh, what else do we have to talk about here um i guess a um a multiverse could also mean that uh scarlett johansson could get her uh black widow standalone movie right well they've already started that one right yeah so this i mean filming in it the rumors are it's a prequel right but i mean they could still i mean if it's a multi if, if multiverse is on the table that's true you know, too she could exist in a separate multiverse you know like they could even have uh jeremy renner come in and be hawkeye like they could do a whole um you know uh, black widow hawkeye story like a multiple movie storyline and, and actually do their you know their their love and their hate for each other like kind of justice right yeah that would be kind of interesting too i mean there's once, once you throw in there's so much but again you got to bring it back to mysterio and what we're going to get with mysterio is it's always going to be up in the air just because that's the kind of character he is right yeah so he um as my memory serves me he's always been an antagonist but um he seems to be kind of on the side of good which is probably the lie that he's telling in the movie but has he ever been a good guy not really i mean the guy was a stuntman right and he was he was in that industry and kind of felt being a stuntman he wasn't getting as famous as he should be yeah. And that's what his whole story was. He wanted to be, he wanted to be renowned, right? He wanted to be uh, famous so, and be famous for something. That's why he 
he went to this criminal kind of thing. And one of the first things he did was he tried, he basically created almost all of Spider-Man's powers and tried to frame Spider-Man in order to take him down. Right. Hmm. So I wonder how it's going to apply in this movie. Like, I don't know. It's, it's so, it's so interesting, but like what, I mean, I don't know. How, how do you, like, I mean, does he, does Mysterio even have powers or is it just all smoke and mirrors? Pretty well, all smoke and mirrors. Uh, I mean, in the beginning, there's some stuff later on, like most of these characters. So what they did uh, with a lot of the old Spider-Man villains was over the course of time, they kind of aged them out and gave them like terminal diseases. I mean, Eddie Brock had cancer at one point. Um, the, the Vulture did as well. Doc Ock, same thing, dying, getting terminal diseases. And they did the same thing with uh Mysterio, where he gets sick at one point and basically wants to wants to die. Right. Um, so I mean, a lot of these villains have kind of changed and, and evolved over time. Um, but there was a story uh, where he goes and actually dies and goes to hell and comes back with all these other powers. But I think in this one, they're going to stick with the original kind of story where he's just kind of. The smoke and mirrors, they do using effects. Um, I mean, it, it really does look in the trailer when you see him doing some of those things that he kind of got the the mystic hands like Doctor Strange, right? Where you've got yeah. the, the ancient symbols coming around them. Mm-hmm. So, and, but maybe that's, like you said, maybe that's just all all effects, right? Exactly. He could be flying because he's got a jetpack on. That's easy. You got a, you got a jetpack. They've already, I mean, already kind of introduced that with uh, Vulture in the in uh, Homecoming. So that's definitely possible for him to have yeah, some. Yeah, got got pack. Falcon as well, right? Right. Um. So it could be that he is. He could be having if he, maybe he is from another universe and he is from a multiverse where he's got in touch with magic earlier, mm-hmm. and is able to do those kind of things. But I don't know. I think there's going to be some stuff going on in this movie, and uh, I'm probably going to be saying he's going to be end up being, being the bad guy in the end. I think so too. I mean, he's a classic uh, Spider-Man villain, so I don't exactly. expect any good stuff coming from him. Um, they might play it where maybe he, maybe he thinks he's the good guy, and he ends up being the bad guy, or you know, like maybe he has good intentions and realizes. Um, he he is the bad guy. Like what he wants is not what uh, everyone else around him wants. Um, I think that Michael Keaton's uh, uh, Vulture sort of already did that, where he was kind of like the um, the sympathetic villain. And, yeah, I was going to uh, mention that too because he was a great villain too. And they did that little twist to make it a little bit more realistic with the tech and stuff, and tied mm-hmm. in a few other movies as well with the rubble and the the leftover tech coming from the alien invasion from Avengers. And yeah, uh, yeah he was a he was a great villain but with a, a a story behind him too right yeah i would i would uh put him uh as like a, a, a vulture in my mind he's like kind of like a second tier spider-man villain he's not like not one of the, like the top three villains like doc ock or green goblin or venom like not one of those like main uh villains he's kind of more like a second tier guy um and they did a hell of a good job with a second tier villain so i think that there it's bodes well for what they're going to do with mysterio yeah, well, like I said, he was one of the ones, too, where they kind of phased him out, right? So in the last 15 or so years, like, they've kind of dropped some of the older villains off, and they created new versions of them mm-hmm. and different twists on them in the comics. Um, Vulture was one of them. I mean, you still see Rhino as well. And, I mean, the original Sinister Six, right? You had Doc Up, Vulture, Rhino, um, 
Mysterio and one more. What was it? Um, Lizard, Sandman? Lizard or Sandman. Yeah, one of those guys. And uh, they are, it is a main villain from the early days. So I think it's really great that they're actually getting them back out there. And they're kind of, I mean, the costume looks great. I mean, it's modernized, but it, you yeah. get that real feel with that big fishbowl head of his, right? Yeah, he's pretty awesome. He's a pretty great looking villain. Like the st- style wise, like it's pretty great. And it's funny too, because I, I know when they were talking about Sam Remy's version and Toby might not be coming back, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is on the list to, to take over for him, right? Very close to oh, that actually you. happening. Yeah, that's true. I remember that now. That's a, kind of a, a neat connection. Maybe he maybe he's a Spider-Man fan and always wanted to be part of it. Yeah, it could be. What about, um, what about Spider-Man being uh, a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent? Is, yeah, that was... Sorry, is there any uh, like comic book uh, history about that? There's not too much in the comic books about that because he Spider-Man really sticks to New York for the most part in the comics. Mm-hmm. So he's always there. There is a big um, if you read the Ultimate or watch the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon, that's how the story basically starts out with Nick Fury recruiting Spider-Man to join a team, right? Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. I think I've seen some of those episodes. He's like with um, Luke Cage, Power Man, and Iron Fist, and Nova. Um, yeah, and White Tiger was one of the other ones. And I think they, I mean, yeah, that series is great too. I think they bring Deadpool into that series for a few episodes. And there's yeah, a, lot of, great. a lot of great characters in there. But yeah, I think it's more, from from my reading, is it's definitely more of a ultimate kind of thing that he's an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. and they know who he is. Because in the comics, they really do try to keep his secret identity secret from everyone. Mm-hmm. Do you think that Nick Fury's, um, like, his involvement with Spider-Man at this point is purely a an Avengers-type reason? Like, do you think that he's, like, still, like, Spider-Man's still an Avengers asset, and so that's why they're they're keeping their, their like, hooks on him? Yeah, I think that's fair to say. It's kind of been that way. I mean, as soon as S.H.I.E.L.D. knows about you, they want to keep you in the loop, right? Right, they don't. They did not want to give up an asset if they can't. That they have, no, they exactly. I mean, it's in that world. I mean, they know everything, and I guess it does kind of help them. I mean, especially in our world today, like how easy would it be to figure out if someone was running around, swinging from buildings, or doing any kind of Batman type thing or superhero type thing? Like with all the cameras and stuff, you'd find out in seconds. Yeah, that's true. Ones, right. Yeah, so I think a, Shields are really kind of a governing body for them right now. That's. Mm-hmm kind of helping and I, I it makes sense that hap would be around because like you know like it would be something as simple as tony telling hap listen look after the kid after i'm gone you know if anything that happens to me look after the kid or whatever right right so like i get that that totally makes sense it just seems um I, i'm curious about what um shield's role in all this is going to be yeah i'm wondering if like in the trailer we see hap having that crazy tech plane going around i'm wondering if that's still a tony thing and if he's just still working on tony's behalf or he's actually part of shield that would be an interesting thing to see if he is right i think he's just working on his own trying to help the kid out yeah with, i think so like too. you said with tony's wishes and then shield kind of hijacks him mm-hmm. i think that's so like I well think. i still gotta keep an eye on you because you don't know what shield's gonna do right um i i definitely think that there is some uh, some suit related reasons for hap to be there if that makes sense um, yeah, 
because I mean, he, you know, like it seems like Hap isn't just a driver, right? Uh, they've alluded to it a little bit, but I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, he uh, Hap has some of the um, security codes needed to unlock some some stuff that Tony would have left or wanted Spider Man to have. Right. Yeah, because I think the very last trailer that just came out, one of the teasers is they uh, they show him kind of building his own suit in like some weird kind of chamber thing, right? Right, right. Which looks I mean, really interesting. He's, he's got the intellect, right? So Yeah, but I think it was it's Stark Tech, which they're both using. He's like, okay, well, now I need a suit that does this. Because, I mean, we see a lot of suits in those trailers. I mean, you've seen yeah. the Iron Spider suit. You've got the red and black suit. You've got the full-on black Spider-Man noir suit. I mean, that's yeah. a lot, like, for one movie. That's uh yeah. The that's red and black crazy. suit, the one that has the, um, that has the webbing under the arm, eh? Yeah, and that was I think there was the webbing under the arm in the other one before as well. It's just that this one's kind of red and black is Oh yeah. A little in different. Homecoming, right? Yeah, that's right. He did have that in Homecoming. Yeah, the red and black is really a classic thing too, like because the way they drew them and they they inked them, it, it looked like it was almost black for a long time before they really established the blue. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Man, I'm so excited for this movie. I'm 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 so pumped. Yeah, I think they're they've done so well i mean sony's really trying um they're still i think doing the black cat movie i mean their venom did well despite the critics but it was a good story and venom can be another one where they they use the multiverse to kind of bring him over god i hope so because i, I mean, hope so imagine seeing the two of them together like i mean that was that'd be pretty crazy you know it'd be pretty terrific if um something happened where eddie brock lost the suit and it went on Peter for a little while. And then, you know, that would give Eddie Brock a huge reason to hate Peter and hate Spider-Man, which could start there. You know, like you stole that one thing that made me special, mm -hmm. you know, because if they were to bring Venom in there, there would have to be some kind of reason for them to hate each other, to be foes. And um, I mean, in the comics, the way that they go in the comics is so it makes so much sense why they why he hates them. Right. They're rivals at the, the newspaper and all this stuff. But right. uh, for two people to be complete strangers to then become, you know, like uh, arch nemesis, you'd have to have some reason. And, and you also want to get Peter in that black suit. Yeah. I mean, just to get the look of it, too, might be kind of neat to change it, see how it would how it would it display itself on peter versus how it looks right. on eddie right well that's what you would that's what you would gain you would gain the the white spider on the front right of venom because then right. the, the the suit would go on peter and then it once eddie figures out a way to get it off of him or or peter figures out a way to get it off of him because he doesn't he can't handle the 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 the, the crazy that is venom um mm -hmm. then eventually when the venom suit goes back to eddie it would it would now have the, the white spider on it yeah, that would be kind of that would that would make the look a little bit more kind of comic book friendly and recognizable, right? If you did yeah, that, it definitely and it could be, be done very simply that the suit, even though by the end of the first Venom movie, they're they're on pretty good terms, but if that suit sees Spider Man's abilities and power somewhere else, it might be like, hmm, that might be a better host for me and take yeah. off. But then have the suit realize or the symbiote realize that really Eddie's a better match for me. Right, because he can get control back to him. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's cool. Well, I uh, I think that what we should do, buddy, is uh, when we uh, when that movie comes out, we should go see it, and then we should immediately record right afterwards, and we'll record like kind of like a 
a second part to this. You know, we have this this little part that is like what we think and what we hope might come of uh, of the movie, and then immediately after the movie, we can get our kind of first reactions and we can uh, stick it on the pod. Yeah, I think that'd be great because then you get the get the secondary actually like well did they answer any of the questions that we really wanted to hear of yeah exactly did they go on a different route or was and was that route or route or path they took good bad meh yeah, yeah. i mean and then it'll it might even give us an idea of what what's to come next in the mcu and even just in spider-man right yeah so that's true be... too because you don't know what you're going to get for those end scenes how many you're going to get yeah so it'll be it'll be it'll be interesting. I uh, I can't wait. So let's uh, let's uh, schedule that mandate and we'll uh, we'll get her done. Sounds like a plan. All right, man. Thanks for stopping by the show, dude. Uh, thanks for everything that you do for for the show. I yeah, uh, you know you're uh, you're a hell of a dude, and uh, this this whole thing uh, doesn't uh, doesn't happen if you're not around. So thanks a lot. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll take a brief uh, pause now before we head over to talk with Maya. Uh, let's hear from our sponsor. So my buddy Chris, Chris Leger, also known as the Vintage Toy Man, he owns a shop in my hometown of Cornwall called Backspun. If you've listened to uh, my podcast before, you've heard me talk about it. I swear, you'll walk in there and your eyes will pop out of your head at least a dozen times from seeing something from your childhood that you haven't seen in 30 years. You're looking for something rare, you're looking for something vintage, this guy's got it. He's got so many vintage records, so many rare collectible records, you would literally blow your mind seeing them. Uh, you win the magic cards, you were looking for something really great for your magic debt, he's got something. He's got cards all over the place. Listen, he bought over thousands of cards from me, just to let alone, so I know what he's got. To be honest, my cards weren't great compared to what he's got. If you're looking for uh, some vintage toys, something that maybe isn't even for sale anymore, you got some uh, G.I. Joe or some Transformer. There's, there's this one thing he's got, and it's fantastic. He's got one of those old classic WWF rings. Hey, yeah, I said it right. I didn't say, I didn't make a mistake. I didn't say WWE. I said WWF, the World Wildlife Foundation can suck a dick. He's got this WWF ring that sits in his shop, and it's literally like a royal rumble of of dudes. There's like 30 dudes piled in this ring. You know, you got uh, Junkyard Dog and Coco Beware and Hacksaw Jim Duggan, all these classic wrestlers. I remember playing with them when I was a kid. And as soon as I saw that, my eyes literally, like I said earlier, popped out of my head. Um, it's such a fantastic place to go into. And if you're looking for something, I'm sure he's got it. So if you are interested, you can go check him out in Cornwall, Ontario, Canada, just visit the website, the www.thevintagetoyman.com. And with me today to talk all things Critical Role is Maya from Hawaii, uh, better known as at Critical Role from Instagram. Hey, Maya. Hi. How's it going? I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm very good. Very excited to be chatting with you. Um, I love your uh, your Instagram page. It's so fun. Um, Thanks. I uh, I wanted to ask you how how long have you been doing that? Um, the Critical Role account will be a year old in August, okay. but I've been making stupid memes since like seventh grade when I made like an anime <laughs> Instagram meme account. Uh, so you've been memeing. Was... You've been memeing since you could meme. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Uh, so. Are all your um, are all your critical role memes uh, created from your by yourself, or do you uh, find some that you have to repost? 
the majority is reposted because when I first made the account, it was because I had just caught up with Critical Role and I was like delving into the community and there was just so much funny content that I wanted to like kind of compile it all in one place and also like spread it around and share it. Yeah. So it started off as like a mainly repost thing. And then like as as it went along, I realized how much I just was sort of like into it and I started making my own yeah. um just sort of like out of interest, I guess. So like a solid, maybe like two thirds are reposted and a third is made by me. It's, it's funny how you can, um, how a uh, how a meme or like this this tiny little um, still joke can kind of capture mm-hmm. a moment uh, uh, of anything kind of easily, but uh, especially yeah. on this show. Yeah, it's really, it's funny how people like, people joke about how uh, seeing jokes and memes online uh, after Critical Role episodes, if they've missed the episode, it's hard to tell what's, uh, just complete bullshit and what's people like actual spoilers because right. the show is so wild but the the jokes and the shit that people can make coming out of it is just always fantastic because there's so much to work with from this goddamn show it really it, there is so much like there's an ever never ending i mean it's only like a four hour sometimes five hour if they're going on long <laughs> Uh, yeah. episode but it's like a you know a never-ending fount of of memes and jokes yeah it's perfect what from the shit that they say to just even their faces are fantastic like yeah. always and you post normally after it goes on video in demand right yeah so i uh i don't post spoilers for an episode that just came out until it until the day after it goes live on youtube to give people right. like a little bit of time to like catch up if they've uh, not able to watch it live yeah that's that's kind of considered i mean i think that people most people that are watching it are um i think under the category of watching it week to week um Mm -hmm. and then uh you know like if someone can't stay up like i can't stay up all night to watch it on thursday nights yeah so i'm watching maybe an hour maybe an hour and a half if i'm feeling uh spry if i feel like (laughs) i can stay up um uh, i'll stay up for like an hour and a half but i'm not i'm not even watching to the break i've literally never um actually entered the contest at the break because i've always passed out before then yeah i've never won the contest and i've entered pretty much every time yeah so i I, I figured you probably did you uh you're in a um, a good spot uh, time zone wise to be able to watch the whole thing before you even go to bed right like yeah yeah being in hawaii was really nice and then moving to boston for college made it a little tougher but my school schedule was pretty okay so like i managed to make it work most of the time how long have you been uh been watching the show um, I started in, shoot, I think it was June or July of last year. Oh gosh, it's almost been a whole year. I think that's the, I think that's the date. I had it written down somewhere. Um, but. Of last year. Yeah. Of last year. Yeah. So it's been about a year if I'm remembering correctly. So you, you really, um, you really did away with that first se- like that first campaign very quickly. I watched it far faster than I should have. Okay. Wait, I just, I just saw my notes. I, Started watching it on February fifteenth of twenty eighteen. Okay, that's so still it's, been, it's still only a little bit more than a year. Yeah, I uh, uh, when I started watching it, I fell in love with it so like unnaturally quickly, like both the cast and the story. Mm-hmm. So like I was really into it like twofold, and I kind of didn't consume any other form of media like until I had caught up. I I did pretty much the same thing, but yeah. two years ago. 
Um, I had always heard about it. It had been around for a year and a half or something before. Yeah. And uh, I had always heard about it. And I'm, I've been playing Dungeons and Dragons since I was 14. I'm, I'm yeah. 42 this year. So I've been playing a long, long time. And I thought okay. to myself, people watch someone play Dungeons and Dragons? This is crazy. Wild. Yeah. So I thought I, I better check it out. And I never had a chance to. And then I, um, I don't know why I decided to. I'm like, you know what? It's time. And so I think it took me about eight months to watch the first uh, first campaign. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's, I mean, I probably could have watched more, but with a family and a yeah. job and everything, I just, I only really had a chance to watch it um, every once in a while, like one, maybe yeah. a couple of hours a week. So it took me a long, long time to get through everything. Frankly, it's impressive that with like the sheer amount of content that they have, you, you got through it pretty damn quick, especially for like, you know, family, job, the whole shebang. Yeah. You, you well, when I was watching it, I was a smoker at the time. So I was, yeah. you know, watching it on my smoke breaks. You know, I'd go for right, two cigarettes right. a day. So I'm watching them uh, uh, on smoke breaks. I can watch. Um, I was I'm also listening to the podcast. So I'm listening to the, I'm right. going to take a bus to work. So that's a two hour commute every day. So I, I'm listening to the podcast when I can't be watching it. Like I'm not able to watch it on YouTube. So mm-hmm. that helped a lot. That's... Have you, um, have you uh, played D&D? I have, yeah. I actually got, um, I started playing not long after I got into Critical Role. It kind of like helped to uh, spearhead an interest that I'd always kind of had and like mm-hmm. pushed it into reality because all of a sudden I had like a point of reference for what it was like and like how much fun it could be. Right. Yeah, because my... Yeah. Sorry, it's it's the main the main reason why I revere this show so much. I yeah. I've always said that I I want as many people playing Dungeons and Dragons or RPGs as possible. Yeah. yeah. To, to me, it's one of the greatest things ever, and the fact that this group of nerds um, have made it possible for other people around the world just to be able to get into it is fantastic. Yeah, they've helped make it like really accessible mm-hmm. because um, I had heard of it before. Like definitely, my dad had played when he was uh, quite a bit younger. Um, and I'd seen it, like, people talk about it online a lot. I was on social media, like, a, a lot when I was younger, so I would see, like, references to it, and I had never fully knew what it was. I had, like, a vague idea. But starting mm-hmm. Critical Role, like, spearheaded it, because all of a sudden I was like, oh, I know what it is. Oh, this is something I would like. So I really wanted to start playing, but I didn't know anyone who would. Right. And, like, it really kicked off when, like, a couple months after I started watching Critical Role, I bought... Uh, my parents bought me the player's handbook because we were in like a Barnes and Nobles. And I was like, oh, it's the player's handbook. Too bad I'll, too bad I'll never need it because I don't know anyone who will play. And yeah. they were like, we'll just get it for you anyway. And I was like, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, you can just read it, right? Like, Yeah, I literally, they bought it for me and I like read the whole thing like within the day. I was so excited. That's uh, I play now though. Like once I went to, the summer before I went to college, uh, I played with a group of friends like once or twice uh, and then I play, I DM'd for my family um, a couple times because uh, my, you know, my dad used to play and he was like all excited. And then when I went to college, I found a group that I started playing with. And then I converted my entire uh, dorm, my all all six of my roommates into playing. And now I DM for that group of people. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's sometimes, you know, there's a there's an old D&D trope that is if you can't find uh, players to play with then you create players by being a dm right like that's pretty much what i did yeah yeah that's exactly you you did what all uh, probably all dms have done throughout the through the dawn of time you know i yeah. want to play this game no one knows how to play it so i will have to teach everyone how to play it it was pretty exciting because like yeah, i mostly cool. just 
I wrote a, a, a short like one shot type thing that was going to take like two or three games probably. Mm-hmm. That I just wanted to give them like the D&D experience. Like I did like monsters attack a town and then they have to go through a dungeon crawl and there's a dragon at the end. Like I did the whole like classic D&D. Perfect. Um, and then I we ran the game. We did like it took, it took like two or three sessions. And then I was like, okay, like I hope you guys had fun. They were like, when are we playing again? I was like, it's, oh shit. It's, you it's keep literally going? like crack. Yeah. It's, it's like the most addictive thing there is. So I ended up like having to turn it into like a whole campaign that I was not prepared to do, but like we had so much fun. It was yeah. so great. That's really cool. It's um it's like the perfect story of how to get into D and D, right? Like oh, yeah. you and, and and it's happened millions of times over. Everyone, you know, th- there's people that that watch Critical Role that have never even played D and D, and still don't. They just watch the show. And, yeah, that was me and for that's a long time. Fine as well, right? Like it's yeah. So how um do you, now that we're like we're f- very well into campaign number two? Mm-hmm. Do you in your heart do you have a preference between the two? Between campaign one and campaign two? Yeah. Yeah, I hate to, because, like, I love, I love campaign two so much, Mm -hmm. but campaign one holds a very, very special place in my heart. Like, I don't know if campaign two will ever be able to quite top it for me, and I just adore it so much, but campaign one, like, means so much to me in so many different ways. It's got to be campaign one for me. The firsts of everything, right? Like, the first time you see this happen, the first time you see them fight a dragon, like, yeah. The whole story in campaign one is fantastic. For me yeah. personally, though, I'm I'm really digging the Mighty Nine. Oh, I the, love um, them. Like the the com- complexity of their of their yeah. stories and and you know if uh, if I had to kind of like narrow down what campaign one was like, campaign one was like heroes against all odds, right? Yes. Like they were literally up against the most dangerous things possible. Yep. And and I feel like campaign two, the Mighty Nine are, it would be if I had to come up with a phrase for what it would be, it would be like the like shades of gray. Ah, you know? yeah, it's so fantastically morally gray. Like right. you don't know what's there's no clear bad guy, which I adore. Like is mm-hmm. the is the Empire the bad one? Is the is the uh, dynasty? Is the dynasty the bad one? Yeah. There isn't really an answer. Like. No, Both? and I th- I think yeah, you could do so this. Cool. I think you could make the same uh, argument about uh, the characters that are in exactly. the game. Like yeah, each one they... of them give off kind of a, a good and evil vibe at the same time. Yeah, I think on uh like the most recent or the the second most recent Tox Machina, I think Brian said something like I could see any of them go bad. Like it makes sense for any of them to like yeah. turn, and that's so interesting. Like having a full cast of characters. Who are just so morally complex, but like mm-hmm. all good people so far. It's just so interesting. Of the stats that they give us when they show us their character sheets on mm-hmm. the screen, I can't remember if we ever actually get to see their alignment or if they keep that alignment secret. Alignments I, aren't shown on screen, no. Yeah. Because I think that would be too much of a giveaway, right? Like yeah. Be, yeah. Because like you you look at um, a really great example for me my 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 favorite character in uh, in the Mighty Nine is Jester. Um, yes. Laura Bailey oh. does such a fantastic job of playing that character, but Just there's crazy. something there's something utterly creepy about her as well. Yeah, like I can't I can't because she's so disarming. Mm-hmm. But like, what if that's the point? You know? Yeah. What if that's on and purpose. She's, she's very. Um, 
She's very, very nice and always wants to be friendly with everyone. Mm -hmm. But I feel like that could be kind of a weakness. I I feel like, you know, the traveler could very well be taking advantage of her and has been her whole life. And all it would take would be one word from the traveler. Like, you know, you need to leave your friends. You need to kill them. Uh, I I mean, I, I would hope that she wouldn't, but it wouldn't surprise me if she flipped, right? Yeah, that would be such a... That would be extremely interesting because then all of a sudden it's this person who's been like her only companion and her only friend her whole life. And then these people who are she cares about a lot, but like they're new, you know, like yeah. which way would she flip? So Ugh. just to get back to what we were saying, I, mm. I absolutely adore um, campaign one. Yeah. Um, I absolutely adore it. Scanlan. Uh, and uh, like there's nothing there's literally nothing I've ever seen as entertaining as Cows and Consequences. Oh, my that, God. That episode. Fantastic is, plan. I can't even believe it. I can't even believe how amazing that was. Just like, well, yeah, let's let's go. Yeah. Cows now, if let's run if with you're this. listening to this and you've never seen Critical Role, I would suggest you just go and find the episode called Cows and Consequences and you will laugh your ass off. Like, like, <laughs> Um, it's so good. So yeah, I want to I want to chat with you a little bit about um, Critical Role as a whole, but I think that what we should do is because we're kind of watching the Mighty Nine right now in Campaign Two, I think we should keep our chat maybe close to uh, close to that subject matter for now. So who's your um, who's your favorite character on the uh, on the, the Mighty Nine? Uh, it's so like insanely tough to pick just one. I like mm-hmm. I adore them all for like different reasons which is why it's so hard. But if I like, if I had, had had to pick just one, I would go with Bo. She's just, (laughs) she's so badass. She's so funny. And she cares about her friends, like in her own, like really weak, like prickly, awkward kind of way, but she just cares about them. Yeah. (sighs) She's so good. I, um, I, I I feel like, uh, uh, Marisha really won me over with Bo. Um, I, I, um, like the, the first campaign, I think that, um, Keyleth was a little uh, too awkward for me. Um, and I would like, I would cringe sometimes when like, and I think that's the point of her. Like, I think she's supposed to be awkward and stuff. Fantastically played by her. Like, oh yeah. But it would make me cringe so much that I would, I'm in like that zone where I'm like embarrassed to just look, look at the screen kind of thing. Mm Um, but, uh, but Bo, she just wins, wins me over with Bo. Bo is calculating and, um, just, yeah, she's really great. She, to me, like on so many different levels, she means a lot to me, but like personally, she makes me feel like seen almost because she's like queer, like I am. And she's like completely has zero hesitations about making that known. She's Mm -hmm. like confident in her skin and in her official art, she's got kind of like smaller eyes which makes me think she might be asian like me which is another like awesome thing you almost never see in media especially like fantasy media yeah and like she's confidently all of those things and that kind of just makes me feel like i can be confidently all of those things too and it's really wonderful she's just that's so awesome sweet. yeah she's it's great good. that a role like a like a character a role-playing character yeah fate is decided by the rolling of random dice <laughs> can mean so much to you in your heart is just awesome it's so fantastic how much this show and these characters can like affect people and have affected me. It's so damn cool. Well, look, a perfect example of that is uh, look at uh, look at how much Molly Mock means to everybody. Yeah. Oh my God, Molly what was an... such uh, just enigma of a character. Fantastic. I was going to say the exact same word. Yeah. 
it's um it's so wild that uh, um a character that we only had for uh, for a short amount of time like 25 episodes i think there you go perfect yeah that's that's uh, that's a great stat uh you should work for a critical role stats probably um (laughs) They are more talented than I could ever hope to be. <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, you know, yeah, the, it just um, such a um, such a potent character in the fandom, yeah. um, and uh, and like for me, I always liked the mystery behind Molly Mock. Not necessarily yeah. what I saw on screen; it was what was to come, and we never yeah. got that. Yeah, I feel like I heard. I feel like in the episodes following uh, Molly Mock's death. I believe on one of the talks Machina's, I heard Matt and Tal say something about how no matter what happens with if he returns or if he doesn't, they're not going to leave Molly's story like unexplored just because of how much they liked the story. Right. So I, I hope that like even if he doesn't come back, which would be so cool if he came back, mm-hmm. um, even if he doesn't, I feel like the Mighty Nine are going to happen across some threads and be like, is this fucking like, does this have to do with Molly? And then they get to follow it and see where that leads. That'd be so yeah. cool. Well, there was um, um, Yasha had a uh, um, a vision. Yeah. She saw um, Molly's body in the vision, right? Yeah. I thought that was maybe going to be the start of it, but I think that was just kind of like her her fears coming to yeah coming to life or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I agree. I think that they're going to do something, um, whether or not. I think that he's dead. I think that um, me too. Unfortunately, I think that Caduceus actually made made a point of kill of making sure he didn't come back yes. by he did. By, uh, what was it called? The um, the, the decompose, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, 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 decompose. So whether, but whether or not um Molly was still in the grave at the time, that's another mm-hmm. that's another that's question. True. He um, just pulled himself out and trotted away. Who knows? There was uh, during D and D live this last, not this weekend, but the weekend previous. Um, yeah. There was they, they were doing these things where the character, like these players, were going to hell and uh, Talisman. Oh, yeah. And um, I, I was almost, I was positive that he was going to play Molly, um, Molly in Hell after he had died. But um, he played a completely different so character. So yeah, I, uh, I watched, uh, I watched the episode, I watched the 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 recordings after they aired. That was really good. So what about uh, what about the campaign so far? Are you um, are you uh, are you liking the the way that it's going? I'm extremely interested and constantly stressed out, and that's awesome. I just <laughs> have no idea what's going to happen. I'm in the sort of same shoes as, like, Caleb is, which is that I'm kind of more with the um, the dynasty right now, mm-hmm. but I don't want them to just, like, burn the entire empire to the ground because, you know, there are innocents there. Like, there are people who haven't been, like, corrupted by the the, the throne and all that. Yeah. So like I'm kind of in Kayla's I'm I mean Caleb's um sort of like same mindset where like I I really 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 want them to be able to convince the Bright Queen to just sort of like use them to take out the 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 cancer of yeah. the empire and like save the rest hopefully yeah the uh, the Cerberus assembly yeah yeah fucking Merc Trent and Trent Icathon like please yeah. just kill him oh, I please. um I feel like this could go. It could go anyway. This this uh, battle between the empire and the dynasty. It's I feel so like, up in the air. Yeah, I think that um, I think that the, right now they, you know, at the beginning of the campaign they felt like they were, you know, living in the Zadash and in the mm-hmm. empire, and the empire was the good guy. Yeah, Caleb because really told where them we live. About, right, that's where they live. They're the good guy. The bad guy is out on the outside, and there's a war against them. Now they're in the dynasty, and now they're seeming to think that the empire isn't as shiny as they previously thought. 
But I feel like it could go either way. I feel like what the dynasty and the Bright Queen is telling them could very well just be a ruse to get them to do whatever she wants. She could be very well be, like we said earlier, the bad guy, but not really yeah. because they're both yeah. the bad guy, right? It's so uncertain right now, which mm-hmm. is like, I love it because the cast and the characters are clearly just as confused as the fans. Mm-hmm. And it's so tasty because no one knows what the fuck is going on except for Matt Mercer, who's just smiling from behind his DM screen. Right. If we if we can um, go back and and think about how campaign one played out, um, there were a lot of red herrings as to what was going to be the big bad in the end. Yes, um, like at first I I would have assumed it was going to be Orcus. Right, because the Horn of Orcus, Orcus is the very first yeah. arc. Right, um, and then we went away with that. That was taken care of, um, and I always thought that that was going to come back, but it never did. Um, and then the uh, Chroma Conclave kind of came about and it seemed like that was going to be the big bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, clearly he had Vecna in his back pocket the whole time. Yeah, I, f- um, I feel like I feel like he made some reference to him like fairly early on. And I I can't remember off the top of my head. Well, we knew that the, uh, the black hole underneath the white stone was kind of like a, a hint. Like had one of them just jumped to it, they would have... They went up to the Shadowfell, right? And they would have been They would have gotten sucked right in. Right, right. And then this way, it would have been, like, the whole endgame would have came, you know, eight levels earlier. Way too soon. Yeah. It almost happened to Keyleth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It almost happened to Keyleth, but she rolled a natural 20 or something, right? Yanked her fucking, like, destroyed arm out of it just in time. Yeah, exactly, yeah. (sighs) Um, But if we know that the current... The current big bad they're fighting isn't necessarily the main big bad. And that right. means that um, that fighting the Empire or the Dynasty in the endgame might not be the thing that they have to defeat. Yeah, it, it might, might not it, be the right, actual Right, yeah, like Ukatoa or... Um, I don't even know. Is there anybody else that we've had hints about? I can't even think of anyone else. Ukatoa is the only sort of like thing that's been like a problem outside of the empire uh, dynasty sort of conflict mm-hmm. and i feel like that's too obvious for matt mercer right i don't know i mean i guess it all depends on what happens with travis's character with um, yeah with ford if ford releases ukatoa then ukatoa becomes then the main that's back a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh gosh i've seen some interesting uh i don't know if they'd be theories per se but people like suggesting that like oh maybe Maybe Ford will multi-class into Paladin if he, like, ends up having to leave um, Ukotoa behind. Right. Like, maybe he'd be a Paladin of, like, the Wild Mother or maybe even the Traveler. I think that'd be so fucking wild, but really it cool to be, see. It would be pretty crazy, especially with his his new, like, budding connection with Jester. and. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I um I think that that sword that, Kayla, uh, that Caduceus is rebuilding yeah. will have something to do with it. That's got something. Yeah, because That's, he's um, the kind of warlock that uh, that um, Ford is. He's, he's the pact with the blade, right? Yeah, hexblade. So, right. So, um, I think that this blade that Caduceus is trying to reform might be uh, Ford's way of being able to switch patrons. Yeah, it's gonna be something. Oh, please be something. They've been working. He's been trucking away at that sword. It's gotta be I something. That, uh, I think within the next, uh, I don't know, like five sessions. Ukotoa is going to pull a fast one on Ford again and take some of his powers away, but for a lot longer than we saw last time. Yeah, I hope I hope this time he fucking talks to his friends about it. <laughs> yeah, I know. But, you know, the, the, the keeping it secret was brilliant, you know? Very, like, very in character. Yeah. So good. 
what do you um what do you think uh, he's gonna uh, do you think he's gonna reveal his uh, previous life because he said to Caleb that he would in time but do you think he's really gonna tell them I feel like to me it feels less like how Caleb was hiding his past with Ford it feels more like what he kind of said when he was talking to Caleb which is that he feels like he's kind of become someone else and he's more comfortable with this person that he's become so I yeah, feel he's like not that guy anymore yeah so I feel like it's almost not even like a revealing of past if anything it would be like oh that's who i used to be Mm -hmm. so i feel like if they get really close or if it becomes relevant he'll tell them i i I do believe what he said that he would tell them in in time but i don't think it's as sort of it's not something that he's like trying to hide that's still like him kind of like how caleb is it's more like that's like someone i left in the dust behind me and it's like kind of having to squint back and like look at who i used to be right yeah i don't know that's a a valid point i i i i I mean it all depend on whether or not um uh, it it comes up right he might keep it secret until his past comes back to haunt him slightly and then he'll have to deal with it I feel like it won't come back up again unless it's like relevant. Like if they bump into that one guy who uh, who sabotaged his ship, maybe, or 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 Vandrin. Vandrin's Vandrin. still out there. I it's think that's that'll be the the kicker. I think. Yeah. God, that'd be so cool. Like as much as I kind of respect Ford, sort of like that's not who I am anymore. I'm mm-hmm. so freaking interested. I want to know. Yeah. Well, we want to know everything, right? Yeah. What um, the fuck here's here's a question. We you just mis- mentioned Caleb. Um, mm-hmm. Do do all the characters know that he killed his family? They don't. They don't, right? No. The only people who know that are Bo and Not. Right. Everyone else, he Knows. just told them that he was like an assassin. Uh, he that the Empire tortured him. That the Cerberus Assembly sucks ass. But he didn't tell them that he killed his parents. He only told Not and Bo that way yeah. back in like. Right. In Zadash. Yeah, yeah, in Zadash. Yeah. And he called um he called himself what did he call himself just recently a, a uh, Sturge Sturger oh, Sturger something like that it's like something vaguely that. German the name for these uh, these weapons that the yeah. Cerberus Assembly the was creating right yeah him and okay. uh, Astrid and Eowulf were right whatever those were right what a great uh, what a great description this we got this week of uh, yeah. of uh, uh, of his two classmates or whatever oh my god the Fan artists must be going insane. I know. God, I wish I was artistic. I know. I it's I like, oh my God. Like a description. Thank God. Here we go. Yeah. Oh man, I can't wait to see. Yeah, me too. It's so great. Anytime they, they change their outfits and stuff, like when they like, went yes. to uh, to the Zorhas and they were like, let's mm-hmm. get all goth. I was like, oh my God, these like, fan yes, artists yes, would be amazing. Please. <laughs> Not like, I have a dress now. And I was like, already on Tumblr, like scrolling through the knot tag. Please give me. <laughs> So it's, happy. I, they, they must do it on purpose. They must be like, I know. You know, yeah, they do it. It's like they're trolling everybody. Yeah, Jester especially. It was like, ah, this pretty dress with all these details, and I was like, Laura, please. <laughs> they work so hard. She's fantastic. Laura's She's my favorite. So She's so great. Ugh, I love Laura. They're, I mean, they're all great. Like, let's oh, be honest. Yeah. We're we're very lucky that we get to uh, to watch these people uh, every week and do something that's just fantastic. It like blows my mind every time I think about it. Like how awesome these people are like they like weirdly enough like they they just by playing their game and like being good people and like caring helped me through like kind of tough times like when i especially when i was like in high school and like kind of going through it like they made me feel like like people who didn't even know me cared about me 
Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It was really nice. And you know nice. what? They, they do care about and you. And do. I think that's the genuine thing. It's so just, it's so wonderful. They're such yeah. fantastic people. Yeah, they really are. Um, fantastic people who sometimes uh, share their table with uh, with other people. Uh, mm. We've had quite a number yes. of great guest stars over the uh, over the few years. Oh yes. Uh, who who's been your favorite? Uh, uh, this is like both campaigns, let's say. Both campaigns. Oh my god, then Cashaw. <laughs> I have such a soft spot for for Cashaw. I don't know why. I literally couldn't tell you. I just, I love him so much. I, He's such a grumpy a, um, fucking idiot. <laughs> I had a moment um, about a month ago where my brain literally exploded when I realized that he was from Boy Meets World. Yeah, Will Wheaton, baby. Or Fucking not uh, Will, Will Wheaton, but Will uh Will, not Will Wheaton, I'm sorry, Will Friedell. God, yeah. I, I was like, I think I was watching... Um, uh, what's the um, what's uh, Sam and Liam's podcast? Oh, all work no play. All work no play. I was watching an all work no play when they they were the first one where they they were doing the sword fighting. Oh, the sword fighting one. They just fucking burked each other. Yeah. yeah. So and great. they they said it something about Will Friedle from yeah. Boy Meets World, and I was like, like what? what? And I'm like, <laughs> I literally watched that show when I was like younger. I was, uh, and insane. he was always the funniest dude on that show. He's- Awesome. And, he was and, also, I, and I was like, uh, oh my god, that's Zadash. Or that's uh, Kasha. Kasha, yeah. I can't, I can't even. And then I was like, and then my mind started traveling backwards in, in time. And like all the times that I had seen him, like mm-hmm. on the, the mini painting show that he did. And like, yep. I was like, holy crap. This is yep. like the Will Fordell's that dude. I can't believe it. He's so good. He was also, um, what's his name? Uh, from Batman Beyond. He was Tim. Oh, shoot. Oh, Tim. Uh, really... um, uh, 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 McGinnis. Yes, I fucking love that goddamn movie. Yeah, yeah. Just, um, but I, I hope that someday they do a, ba- a Batman Beyond, uh, like oh, a live please. action. That would be amazing. That would be incredible. Like it's crazy. But, like the people they know, like Kari Payton, uh, who did Shakasta, he's cyborg, and he's yeah. on The Walking Dead. Like fucking yeah. incredible. Well, there's Moran the, Wall. Damn. A lot of them do the voice acting like them, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I would, I have to say, I think my favorite guest star. Um, was probably Mary McGlynn. Oh my God, Zara. Yeah, Zara was fantastic. But the best episode with a guest star has to be Deborah Ann Wall's episode with the Happy Fun Ball. Twiggy was just like incredible. I've never in my life experienced such intense joy than <laughs> watching her just sort of like traipse around and ask people if they wanted to meet her squirrel like jesus yeah. christ yeah and the episode itself was just Insane. a phenomenally action-packed episode ford crash landing in the dragon's den and the dragon's like hmm <laughs> what the fuck and ford was like i apologize just <laughs> just so fantastic Oh, yeah, there's, God. Uh, but there's, I mean, we've had like, you know, we've had the, the pleasure of seeing a lot, a lot of people guest star mm-hmm. there. Um, and I'm sure we'll see some more. Like there's uh, oh, so. a, Suma Lee is actually in um, Parenthood, uh, not, not Parenthood, and uh, This Is Us. Uh, wait, she is? Yeah, she plays. Oh, now um, I have to watch that show. She plays the, uh, um, the uh, OB. She plays the, um, the gynecologist oh, OB shit. for one of the characters. Yeah, when she gets pregnant. I adored Sumali and I love Neela. Like the, it's the probably smell pouch. Oh my god, she was so fantastic. She's that perfect mix of like innocence and like I'm upset and I'm gonna 
fucking kill you. And I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah, so great. Get your so, son back. Yeah. I love you. Yeah, Suma Lee was one of one of my favorites. And uh, the, great, the great thing about her is that we got to have her for a couple of episodes. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you get a guest star to come in. Yeah, they get a guest star to come in that only does one episode. And it's awesome. Like when uh, um, Mark Humes came in and played Lil- oh. Lily. Kaliana. Oh, Kaliana, sorry. Um, yeah, when uh, uh, that, that character's fantastic, but we only got I one episode. Her. Yeah, I miss her. And, like, yeah. Jester misses her. Let's bring her back. Mark, right. you're in town. Let's yeah, go. <laughs> he's there right now. Maybe he'll play, be there next only, week. Probably not, though. If only they weren't, like, in deep in enemy territory. <laughs> yeah, it, it would be shoehorning it too much. Kaliana, what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> yeah, sounds like um, sounds like Shikasta might come back soon, though. Oh, my God, please. Yeah. Shikasta, like... I oh my god he's he's up there up there his fucking voice man I know Jesus. I know yeah he's, he's he's pretty fantastic and I'm such a fan of the way he just sort of like is like free range good doing he's just like wandering around like hmm that looks like trouble I'll <laughs> it's do like something. Uh, it's like the old show uh, kung fu roaming the land writing wrongs oh, shit. It's like a human that's... version of the little Tobo or something. <laughs> oh, that sounds fantastic. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, so, yeah, uh, uh, one of the, uh, the last things I wanted to ask you, uh, Maya, before uh, we let you go is um, you talked earlier about how Critical Role has kind of like had this like deep impact on you. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever considered maybe uh, doing your own uh, like D&D live uh, stream or, or podcast at all? kind of I don't I have like stuff that I would love to DM for but like I feel like where I am now I'd want to like have more experience as a DM before I like put anything out there like that I'd Mm -hmm. love to be part of something maybe like if I'm invited or whatever like because it's just good fun but uh in terms of doing something like that I would love to but definitely Definitely, that's a future thing because if I would do it, I'd want to do it like right. I'd want to be proud of what I created, and I think I'm like not quite there yet. Yeah. Yeah, Well, I mean, with uh, with being a uh, an English major, you would have the uh, literary chops to be able to write a great uh, great story. I think. Hopefully. Cool. (laughs) Well, if you ever if you ever decide to do something like that, you'll let us know so we can check it out. Oh, absolutely. Cool. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. Well, that's the end of the show, folks. I've been your host, Sean Q, and uh, I hope you really liked my chat with uh, Maya and Mike. I uh, thank both of them for coming on the show, and I'm sure it won't be the last time they do. I uh, Excuse me, my voice sounds a little off. I've had a cold lately. But if you uh, want to support the show, you can go and get me uh, Tylenol cold and flu. No, no, no. If you uh, if you want to support the show, you can rate and review it on iTunes. Uh, that'll really help with the exposure, and hopefully more people will listen. Uh, you can visit us, uh, visit us at the Patreon page. Um, patrons means more episodes, guys. If you if you like what you're hearing and you want to hear more, visit the page, and uh, you know you can go there and conduct some math. And then maybe I'll be able to afford to do more episodes. Um, we'd love to hear from you uh, for any comments. If you want uh, to do some fact-checking on any of the things we said, I would do fact-checking, but I barely have enough time to record the episode as is, so you guys are just going to have to call me out on shit. Um, you can send me an email at heroesofhakathra at gmail.com. You can visit our uh, Instagram uh, page at, at heroesofhakathra or the uh, Twitter at heroesofone. 
Um, I'll include all this stuff in the show notes. All right, well, thanks to everyone for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. 